Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Catherine Lee Scott, the author of Jinxed, the second in the Jinx Fogarty mystery series. Catherine, welcome. Oh, welcome. Thank you. That's a lovely introduction, Steve, and I appreciate it. Well, thank you. I have to tell you, whenever whenever I interview someone who has written a series, and if I haven't read any of the books in the series, I always go back to the first book, and I think, well, I'll just read, like, the first little bit so I can get the setup, and then I'll move on to the book that we're, we're going to be interviewing about. And I tried to do that with your first book, but I had to read the whole thing. It was so good. I really loved it, and I love this series. Oh, thank you so much. Meg Barnes is very dear to my heart. So I'm, I'm very pleased to hear that, Stephen. Well, tell us about Meg. Let's, let's get started by talking about Meg and, and the first book, and then we'll roll into the second book. So tell us about Meg Barnes. Well, and, you know, it's always intrigued me, this idea, and I think that women, it's very much on women's minds, and that is, uh, what would I do if I lost everything? How resourceful could I be? And many years ago, Leslie Stoll did a segment on 60 Minutes about uh, women who were living in their cars in Bel Air, which is one of the most upscale neighborhoods in the country. And these were women who uh, had, you know, they'd had housekeepers of their own, and here they were, you know, cleaning out their car and, uh, you know, making it their, uh, their uh, what I call a Volvo on, you know, Ritz Volvo. <laughs> Ritz Volvo, yes. Which is where Meg Barnes uh, lives and, and tongue-in-cheek calls it a Ritz Volvo. Uh, but living on their street, on the streets, and uh, and trying to find redemption. In, in Meg's case, uh, and it takes so little to have a career meltdown or a, a catastrophic illness, almost anything. But in Meg's case, it was her husband, her second husband, uh, who she thought was the love of her life, and he turned out to be a con man, and he built her and her friends of everything. So uh, for a couple of years, several years, I worked in a homeless program in Beverly Hills, which everybody wonders, how could there be, you know, homeless people in Beverly Hills? Mm -hmm. But of course, they're everywhere. So I got to know a couple of women um, who were living on the streets and were very resourceful. And if you saw them walking down Rodeo Drive, you would never know that they were penniless. Uh, They found a way to survive. And I just found that fascinating. And it's one of the things that just shocked me about this book. I'm, I'm just reading along, and, and all of a sudden, I had to read it again, you know, like a couple paragraphs again. It's like, is she really living in her car? <laughs> That's right. And, and yes. And uh, it's just, Meg is, a, is an actress. Yes. And, and she is. And, and, of course, I'm an actor as well. Yes. Uh-huh. I, I drew on that quite a lot because I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm currently working as an actress. I'm currently playing Miriam, George Siegel's girlfriend, and the Goldbergs. And I've done a few other things this year as well. And so I know what it, what it is to be an actress of a certain age. Mm-hmm. Uh, the roles become a little more thin on the ground. And in this case, uh, Meg, who has lost everything, has also lost her reputation and friends and her career. So she's really, really having to pull herself up. And I have somewhat of an idea of what that's like to get back into, you know, auditioning and when you've been someone that uh, people recognize on the streets. So I incorporated all of that into my telling of Meg's story. 
And it's it, it's just so much fun. If if you like Hollywood insider kind of things and a great mystery, it's just fun. And the title yes, of the, I mean, what is it really like to go on to a, a studio set? Yes, to, you yes. know, to uh, to to go to the old MGM Studios, which is now Sony, uh, and walk onto a set where Judy Garland once worked. You know, it's it's quite extraordinary. It's fun to it's fun to write about that, and I think that the I think that the readers enjoy that sort of behind the scenes uh, authenticity. Well, this reader certainly did. And <laughs> Thank you, you. You also have some amazing characters, my favorite of which is Donna. Oh, and, of course. <laughs> and speaking of, you know, you mentioned uh, some Hollywood memorabilia. Let, tell, tell listeners a little bit about Donna, and then we'll, then we'll start talking about the new book, Jinxed. Well, Donna is is basically a fan. She's she's a wealthy woman having inherited money from her grandparents and parents, and she lives alone in this huge old mansion. And I and I see them, of course, in Homeby Hills and, and that area, and and it's filled with all of this movie memorabilia that her grandfather collected. He made a point of of uh, becoming good friends with producers and prop masters. So he has, you know, for example, a, um, a pair of shoes that indeed Judy Garland wore and uh, a top hat and cane from Fred Astaire and and things from uh, William Powell, who was the thin man, um, Marilyn Monroe, all of that sort of thing. And the house, it, you walk through it and it's uh, it's like being on a on a film set. And do you actually know people like that? Are there people like that in oh, California? That indeed. Thank <laughs> you so much for asking me that, because there's a wonderful gentleman that I that I met and uh, and and got to know quite well, a very good friend. And he lives in Gene Harlow's house. And I, I went there for uh, to have a drink with him one evening, and he um, he showed me the speakeasy and all of these old houses. Uh, have these speakeasies. You would never know that it's there, but you, you just push a sliding panel and walk in, and here is this beautifully carved, gorgeous room, which is, you know, the place where they would sit and drink. And on the wall, there was a picture of Gene Harlow and, uh, and his grandparents having a drink. And that actually made it into the second book. It did. <laughs> that and, picture. Uh, I described it in detail, because, but, but there's also another friend of mine who, who lives uh, not far from my home, and he, too, has one of these secret rooms, and it's, uh, but the, any house built. Uh, you know, in the in the early years of the last century, and in, in the Hollywood area, Bel Air, uh, Beverly Hills area, had these speakeasies. All right, now Meg. Before we get into the book, Meg. Meg is an actress. She is. She is still working, as you mentioned. It's a little tougher for her to find jobs, and it's really tough in the beginning of uh, Down and Out in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Right. Which is a very clever title. Um, <laughs> but she had been the star of a very popular show back in the day. and yes. It was uh, a detective series. Yes. And she, she played an iconic character named Jinx. And she was one of these characters... Uh, for whom young boys might have had a poster of her up on their wall. <laughs> right. Think, think uh, Christy Brinkley or Farrah Fawcett. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> and I did think that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. But, you know, I do know what that's like to have a huge success at mm-hmm. the very beginning of your career, as I did with Dark Shadows. I was on the very first day of Dark Shadows. And even to this day, if I walk down the street and somebody hears me speak, they'll turn around and say, oh, my God, it's Maggie Evans. <laughs> um, so I know what 
what that's like. And I, I also incorporated that into the character of Meg Barnes. Yes, yeah, she, she played an iconic character. And because she was associated uh, with, you know, being an amateur sleuth, uh, it carries over into her everyday life. And she, she actually starts solving crimes, which, which happens certainly in the first book uh, with her husband. And then the second book, I carried a little further. And I love the way she just kind of goes into this. Now, what would Jinx do? <laughs> <laughs> right. Mode. With talents of, uh, you know, Hollywood scriptwriters, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, giving her the dialogue and the scenario. Um, no, she always asked herself, what would Jinx do? <laughs> All right. Now, let's talk about the second book in the series, Jinx, J-I-N-X-E-D, Jinx. Give us a little bit of the storyline of Jinx, if you don't mind. Well, uh, she's um, she is finding her way back, and she's uh, done a bit of work. But she goes on the Today Show to talk about the old series, and it's while she's on the Today Show that that she hears that they're bringing back uh, the original series. They're rebooting it, as they've done with Dark Shadows. Uh, and of course, she wonders what it would be like putting on the uh, the costume and and <laughs> playing the role again, only to discover, of course, that she's a bit long in the tooth for it, and the <laughs> network is already cast a young actress, 22 years old, uh, to play her role, uh, which is devastating. And I also know what that's like. Uh, somebody else is taking over the role that you originated. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, she needs the money, and when she's offered the position of, of teaching uh, her tricks to this new uh, young gal um, and kind of coaching her, she takes the job on only to see, and this all happens in the first couple of pages, so I'm not giving anything away, uh, that young actress disappears right on the eve of uh, starting starting work on the new series. So that's when we that that's that's when uh, that's when Meg is off and running, uh, solving that mystery, which you know turns into a murder and missing person, and and when she herself is in jeopardy. And you mentioned uh, a few times, you've said, as I have done myself or as, as has happened to me. And that really shines through in the book. The, the sense that Meg has is so real, this idea that someone else is taking her part and she needs the money. And you really kind of, there's this angst that you feel for her and with her as you're reading the book. Oh, thank you for saying that. And, you know, I do have to say, uh, this isn't my story. None of these things specifically happened to me, but I know the arena. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful to be able to draw on that. I know the feelings of, uh, you know, having another actress take your role. I know the feelings of going in for an audition with a very young casting director and and director, and they haven't a clue what you've done before. You just walk in, uh, and it's a... it's, it's a really odd feeling. So I do draw on that. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> You're welcome. And it, it's something that all of us over a certain age experience. You know, we all, there's a high point for everyone, whatever that high point may be. You know, mine was in the technology business, and now I'm the guy that used to be the guy. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's easy for all of us to appreciate what what Meg is going through and to sympathize with her. And I I think that's what drew me so quickly uh, to this character and this world that you created that was so fascinating because, you know, there are good stories and there are good books and there are books that we enjoy. And every so often there's a world that we just get sucked into so quickly that we can't put the book down. And and that's what this is for me. And I, I really enjoyed it. 
Oh, thank you. Well, I'm I'm uh, starting work on the third book in the series, and that'll take place in London. And I lived in London for some three decades, so um, now I'm I'm uh, recalling all of my experiences and all the places that I love in London to uh, to tell the Meg Barnes uh, jinx story in in a new locale. All right, now let's talk a little bit about your your acting background. I went I went into IMBD. Uh, a couple days ago, and then I went in again this morning, and I just noted a few of the things that you've been a part of. You mentioned uh, Dark Shadows. You were, I think, 330-some episodes of Dark Shadows? Oh, yes. We did 1,225, and I was in I was in a good third of them. Oh, my Absolutely. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. Was that on every day? It was on every day, every afternoon, okay. three thirty or four o'clock, and it was the it was the show kids ran home from school yes. to watch. Well, yeah, and I was one of those kids who ran home to see it. I was too young to to focus on wanting a poster of anyone in the in the uh, <laughs> that may have been in the show. Oh, uh, but as, uh, others just recently, uh, the Marvel series Agents of Shield. You were in that. I was, and was that ever fun? Joss Whedon, I think, is such a genius. Uh, I, I love what he does, and you know, it, it was uh, it was funny. It, it was funny to enter the Marvel world because <laughs> it, it's something I would never have thought that I would I would be um, I would be cast in, and it was it was really it was really great fun because it's all CGI. It's all, uh, and of course, it's computer gen- generated imagery. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's it's so it's all very technical, and and that's fun to do. It's it's a new world for me. It's just so cool seeing you go back to, to Dark Shadows, and you're in Agents of Shield. You were also in Magnum PI in Matlock. Oh, I love Tom Selleck. I did two pilots with Tom, uh-huh. and, and then I ended up doing uh, two different episodes of um, of uh, Magnum. Um, yeah, Magnum PI. Uh-huh. But he's a wonderful man, a wonderful actor. I. I I just adore him. And I also, one of my favorite things um, was Police Squad, which I did with Leslie I, Yes, I remember that. That was, right, that was so funny. First, very first one of those. And it was, I, and if you don't mind my saying so, I think it was the best of the episodes. I loved <laughs> it. I loved playing Sally Decker. And then I did Star Trek The Next Generation. I played Nuria. Uh, leader of my people. I think I was a, who was I? I was a Mintakan. You have just been all over the place with your with your acting <laughs> career. You were in one of my favorite series, detective series, was Philip Marlowe, Private Eye with Powers Booth. I didn't oh, know you were in that, and I was so excited when I saw that. He's a wonderful actor, and I got to we 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 did that in England, and we did um, six episodes, and that was for HBO mm-hmm. in the early days. Uh, yeah, that it, was like when they didn't really do series, and I, I just remember no. this, and it was so good, so well done. Oh, yeah. It was wonderful, and it was uh, it really the early days of HBO when when nobody was doing cable, and and it was so much fun to uh, to recreate the the world of Philip Marlowe, the Chandler Town series, because you know driving those old cars, wearing those wonderful costumes, and using that dialect, that that way of speaking mm-hmm. from the nineteen thirties and forties. It was it was great. It was wonderful experience. All right, and and one last thing I have to ask you about because of course I had no idea idea. You were in The Great Gatsby, the movie. I was. I was. I mean, I think The Great Gatsby has been done now about five times. Um, I was in the version that Jack Clayton directed with uh, Mia Farrow and Robert Redford. Mm -hmm. 
And I, uh, I played Karen Black's sister, Catherine. And I, I love doing that. I filmed that in England. We did it at Pinewood Studios. And Sam Waterston was in it. Uh, and it was just, I thought it was a wonderful, wonderful production, if you don't mind my saying so. I think it was better than this latest one with Leonardo. Oh, my Cato. gosh. It, they're like two completely different movies. I loved, the, I, I always think of it as the original. I guess there were ones that were done prior to that. But well, the, yes, uh, Alan Ladd and Betty Field, I think, did the, uh, the first one. But that was that was really a long time ago uh and yeah, absolutely to uh to redo something uh baz lerman is is such a talent and i i really respect his work but there was something about what jack clayton did with um that script written by francis ford coppola that i think really captured the essence of that period of time and and the vision of fitzgerald of, you know the the rich are like us they just have more money yes yes that's the thing that that struck me so much about the movie was was how true to the book it was unlike the okay. the, the latter movie <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a thrill to be in that production. Well, Catherine, it's been a thrill talking with you. What's the best way for readers to keep up with you and, and your work? Oh, you know, I would love it if they went to my website, which is com, And I've just returned from a week in Cuba. And I'm going to start blogging about that because the experience was sensational. So please go to uh, com, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-L-E-I-G-H-S-E-O-T-T. And um, that's my website. Everything is available. Every book I've ever written and it's quite a number now, are all available on Amazon. That's terrific, and uh, it goes all the way back to some Dark Shadows nonfiction. You wrote a, you actually wrote a book uh, about Playboy bunnies that, um, I did. that became I something on A&E or something, some sort yes. of a television special. Yes, uh, The Bunny Years is the 25-year history of the Playboy Clubs, and, uh, and I interviewed some 300 women, including old pals like um, uh, Susan Sullivan and Lauren Hutton, and, of course, I worked as a Playboy Bunny with them, and Debbie Harry was there. They're all in the book, and then I produced a two-hour documentary for A&E called The Bunny Years, which was also one hour for Canadian television and one hour for the BBC in, in England. So that was that was also a great experience because I, I, uh, I spoke to women who worked as bunnies over that 25-year history, finding the very first woman ever hired to be a bunny in <laughs> Chicago in 1960, all the way up to the closing of the clubs in 1985. So that was really, it was an explosive time in the history of, you know, our country and also um, for women. It was, uh, it was an exciting thing to write. Well, you have had such a fascinating career and it's a pleasure to be able to spend a few minutes, a few minutes with you chatting about it. Thank you. So we've been talking with Catherine Lee Scott, the author of Jinxed, the second book in the Jinx Fogarty mystery series. Thanks so much for being with us today. You'll find show notes for this episode at the crimefiction.fm website, which is www.crimefiction.fm. So if you didn't get Catherine's web address, it will be there. You can find it there. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere podcasts are found. Thanks for listening.